Greetings, everybody. This is David Avocado Wolf, and I'm going to be joined by Rich Roll here in a moment. We are going to be presenting at the Longevity Conference, www.longevityconference.com. April 24th through 26, 2015, we are going to have the best weekend ever. And one of our presenters is this gentleman who I mentioned, Rich Roll. You probably have heard about him through his very popular podcast, but he first broke through probably I think in his mid or early 40s when he when he launched an, an assault on the Ultraman World Championships. He's going to tell us about that. So with no further ado, Rich Roll, how you doing? Hey, David. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really looking forward to the conference. Tell us a little bit about your background. How, you were you made it at one point to like the 25 fittest men in the world. Um, tell us, but you didn't start that way. I mean, maybe when you were really young, but you went through a whole, your, the middle of your life, your 20s and 30s, and you got really out there, and then and then you brought <laughs> all the way back. Tell us a little bit about your history. Yeah, certainly. Uh, I've had I've had many ups and downs. I spent most of my 20s and, and 30s either drunk or hungover. So I had a kind of dark bout with alcoholism uh, that took me to some pretty interesting places. But when I was 31, I got sober. I spent quite a bit of time in rehab and kind of that was my first introduction to, you know, a better, healthier way of living. Uh, and the journey kind of continued from there. I'd created so much havoc and wreckage in my life that when I was newly sober, it was all about trying to repair my relationships and, and kind of get back on track with my life. And I was able to do that, but for a good 10-year period, I really overlooked my health and my fitness. I didn't pay attention to what I was eating. I didn't take care of myself physically. I didn't really exercise. I was eating basically what a friend of mine calls the window diet, which is if you can pull your car up to a fine dining establishment and roll the window down and they hand you food through the window, that's what you eat. So my diet was sort of a rotunda of cheeseburgers and French fries and Pizza Hut and nachos and, you know, that kind of stuff. And, you know, I suppose when you're young, you can get away with it for a while. But as I was sort of hurtling towards middle age on the precipice of turning 40, it really all caught up with me. I was 50 pounds overweight. I was lethargic. I was unenthusiastic about my life, despite having a really good life from, you know, kind of all outside perspectives. I was having sort of a, a spiritual or existential crisis about what I was doing with my life that intersected with a health crisis when late one evening, walking up a simple flight of stairs up to my bedroom, I had to pause. I was winded. I was out of breath. I had tightness in my chest and sweat in my brow. And it was a very scary moment in which I thought I was having a heart attack. And that's where everything kind of came into crystal clear focus for me that I really needed to change the way that I was living my life. What happened? You you, you had a real breakthrough with plant-based nutrition. I think that's what really got you out of that funk. How, how mm-hmm. did that come? How did you get into it? Like what, what kind of flipped you into plant-based nutrition and then later got you going into, into, you know, the kind of the physical fitness side of things, which, you know, you, you're such an incredible specimen of health now. Tell us about those two things. Yeah, sure. I mean, I wish that I could tell you uh, that I went online and found the avocado and started watching videos and <laughs> became so moved <laughs> by <laughs> the, you know, the information that I had just overnight immediately adopted a new way of eating. But uh, I would have saved a lot of time, that's for sure. Uh, but that's not what happened. You know, I should have gone to the library. I should have watched documentaries and read a bunch of books. But really what I did was I started experimenting on myself. And it was sort of a nonlinear trajectory of playing around with diets, initially with kind of a vegetarian diet that 
that devolved into a junk food vegetarian diet until ultimately I felt like I had kind of played everything out and nothing seemed to be working for me. I was still overweight. I was still lethargic. And I was ready to just give up on like this whole healthy living thing and say, well, you know what? I tried and I'm going to now happily return to my Jack in the Box cheeseburgers. But, you know, I had been eating basically a vegetarian diet after about six months of playing around with this kind of thing. And I thought, you know what? I wonder what would happen if I just ditched all this processed stuff that I'm eating and I ditched the dairy. I wonder if that would make any difference in how I feel. And quite honestly, my expectations were very low. I didn't think that it would make a difference. In fact, I was hoping that it wouldn't because I really kind of wanted to continue eating cheeseburgers, to be completely <laughs> honest with you. And uh, But I was amazed. Within seven to 10 days of, of eating what I now know, I didn't know what was called this at the time, but what I now know is called a whole food plant-based diet, I felt completely different. My energy levels were through the roof. I had this amazing renewed sense of vitality, like a, a sense of, you know, uh, I don't know, heightened energy that I hadn't experienced since I was like a kid. And it was really a watershed moment for me. It was it was quite profound and remarkable. And that's when it sort of clicked in for me, like, oh, my God, you know, those words that Hippocrates uttered, you, you know, eons ago are really true. Like, let food be thy medicine and medicine be thy food, because I'd abuse myself for so long, so many years with terrible lifestyle habits and terrible diet and, you know, not taking care of myself. And in such a short period of time, I couldn't believe how good I felt. And it really showed me just how resilient the human body is. And so to get to your the second part of your question, that question, you know, how resilient, you know, if, if I could make this kind of a, a rebound, this kind of a comeback in, in such a short period of time, what am I actually capable of if I if I push myself, if I put myself to the test to, you know, kind of find the, the outer edges of my physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual capabilities? And and that's really what led me back into competitive athletics, looking for a challenge. And that challenge led me to the world of ultra endurance and ultimately to a race called Ultraman which is a very long triathlon we could talk a little bit about. But uh, to answer your question, that's that's really what, you know, pushed me into into being an athlete in my 40s. Yeah, that's, that's so interesting because you did have an athletic background in college and then, you know, kind of let that go. So it wasn't completely foreign to you, but it had been like a 20-year, you know, 20-year role of like just kind of, you know, through the alcoholism and through the bad eating and then just got it like kind of right back. And so this is, I think, the most inspirational part of your story is that you were able to get your body in like tip top shape. Like how long did it take from like the time you like got that plant based diet switched on and you started feeling good until you're hitting those ultra marathons and like tearing it up? Well, it took a little while. I mean, the sort of neatly packaged narrative, if you read a magazine article, is that it seems like it, it was overnight. And, you know, I think you rightly point out that, you know, I did have a background as an athlete. I had been a swimmer at a relatively high level at Stanford back in the 80s, and I knew how to train. Like, I had that background. So for me, it was a matter of tapping back into that. And, you know, a big part of the story is kind of re, you know, rediscovering and embracing a part of my childhood that I love and kind of, you know, bringing that back into your life at a time when, you know, as an adult, you're told, well, you know, the, you know, adults don't do these kinds of things and sort of trying to listen to my inner child and that, and that voice, you know, which is a big, big part of the story. But, you know, really it was, it probably took, it took about a year and a half of really consistent hard work 
to get to that place where if you look on the internet, you see these pictures of me and I'm all cut up and, you know, super fit. I mean, it was, a, it was a lot of work, but just the fact that it could be done at all was something that I didn't know was possible at the time that in my forties that I could actually be in peak physical condition, that I could be uh, as fit, if not more fit than I was as a swimmer at Stanford, you know, 20 years prior. Fantastic. Okay. So now you, you just kind of stayed with this now, you know, for, I don't know how many years it's been. It's been almost 10 years, probably. You know, what you're, you're probably in late forties. Yeah. 48 now. 48. Okay. So how do you, well, how do you train now? I mean, just for my own knowledge, I kind of, I'm always interested in, you know, where, what are you doing now? Cause I've found that I have to train harder now. The older I am, I have to train. Like if I train two hours a day, that'll, that'll get my butt in shape real fast. But if I train just one hour a day, it's not enough. Yeah, definitely. I mean, as you get older, things change. You know, what I've noticed is I need to warm up a lot longer. I need to be much more cautious and judicious about the volume of training that I do to avoid injury. I've got to do all these sorts of things outside of the training itself to make sure that I stay healthy, like foam rollers and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, it takes a little bit more training to get into that condition. And it also takes a little bit more rest. You know, you need to have the discipline to know when to back off and let your body heal. And that's a big part of it. And for me now, uh, yeah, it's been, you know, it's been, an, I've been eight years into this process. And, and, you know, the last time that I raced was actually in 2011. And for me now, it's, it's less about how fast can I ride my bike? And it's more about how can I leverage this audience and this platform that I have to help other people discover, you know, what was so transformative and instrumental in my life and help them kind of access more of that for their lives. And that's what gets me out of the bed. Uh, it gets me out of bed early in the morning. I still train every day. I make sure that I set aside that time. And I definitely, you know, train in like two hours a day. So I'm still fit, but I'm not uh, putting, pushing everything to the side to, you know, achieve some kind of result in a race. Okay, cool. Now, uh, you achieved a lot of success with your podcast. So kind of interested in how that, that came about. Many of the folks who are listening right now may have heard of Rich Roll's podcast and may know you from that. How did that all get started? That got started back in 2012, a little over two years ago. Uh, my book, Finding Ultra, had come out, and I'd done the whole kind of book tour thing, and that, that you know, I was kind of on the, on the, on the um, other side of all of that, and I started to think about, well, what's next? What am I going to do now? How can I continue this conversation that I started with my book, and how can I continue to engage this audience that's interested in, you know, what I'm doing and the story that I'm trying to tell? And at the time, our family uh, had picked up and moved to... Kauai. We were living on an organic farm in Kilauea, not too far from where I know that you like to hang out from time to time. And uh, and maybe I was getting a little bit of island fever. I was feeling the need to connect and, and for a new creative outlet. And that's really where the podcast was born. And it's really something that I just started purely uh, out of a desire to really share things that have been helpful in my life with other people. And, you know, it was never like a business decision or anything like that. And I'm just elated to, to, to find that, you know, two years later, people are listening, they're enjoying it, and they're getting something out of the show. Awesome. Maybe give us a sneak peek as to what you're going to be presenting on and, and what you're going to be doing at the Longevity Conference coming up April 24 through 26, 2015. Absolutely. I'm so excited to speak. And what I'm going to do is, is really, I'm going to share my story, but I'm going to share my story as a platform to 
educate and inspire the audience members to understand, A, that we're all capable of so much more than we often believe, you know, or allow ourselves to believe, that change is always possible, that improvement is always possible, no matter what your circumstance or your age. And I'm going to share a little bit about the transformative power of plants in your diet, of eating a plant-based diet, the way that it changed my life and the way that I think that we can all play uh, a better role on this planet and the sort of reparative health impacts of the plant-based diet, the, the disease reversal, the disease prevention aspects of it, and the fact that you're not sacrificing everything, anything, that if even if you want to be a competitive athlete like I am, that, that uh, this is the way to go. People think, people say to me all the time, Oh, well, you know, you know, what if you were eating a paleo diet or what if you were eating this other diet? Don't you think you would have been faster? And they don't understand that I believe that eating a plant-based diet is my secret weapon. It repaired my health. It infused me with a vibration that led me on a journey of exploration. And it's allowed my life to expand in, in ways I could never have imagined. And I just, I want to share a little bit of that story and I want to inspire other people to have the courage and the faith to embark on their own version of what it means to live a more authentic life. Thank you so much for joining us, Rich Roll. For everybody, if you're tuning in right now, Rich Roll, as well as Dr. Dave Warnerowski, myself, Dr. Daniel Amen, Dr. Joseph Mercola, Dave Asprey, Dr. Lisa Rankin, Ron Teagarden, Nadine Artemis, Ross Sola, Pedram Shojai, the, the guy who created Origins, the film, as well as Rebecca Gothier and Len Foley will all be at the Longevity Conference, www.longevityconference.com, presenting April 24th through 26, 2015 in Anaheim, California. This is a venue we've been working towards for literally 20 years, and we are finally there. You'll be joined by a couple thousand health enthusiasts like yourself. All those details are on the website. We will see you that weekend. Make sure you book now because the hotel could sell out. That's the Anaheim Hilton in Anaheim, California. Again, all the details on the website. Thanks so much for joining us. Rich Roll and I are wishing you the best day ever. This program was brought to you by thebestdayever.com. Thanks for listening.